My name is Lincoln. Thanks for joining me once again. You're listening to That's the Truth. Coming right up is the audio recording of one of our live stream services from the House of God here in Montreal. You can watch the video recording on our Facebook page, Linked with God. That's L-I-N-K-E-D, with God. Or you can head on over to our YouTube channel, That's the Truth. If you have trouble finding that page, go to youtube.com, enter That's the Truth in the search bar, click on the filter button, which you'll see a little lower to the left of the search bar, then click on the channel button where you'll see the Bible icon that identifies our channel, That's the Truth, and that should appear right on top of the list. Click on the Bible icon where you'll then have access to all of our teachings on video. Please share these links with your friends and family so they too can be blessed with the Word of God as you are receiving it right now. This is how you can help me preach the gospel of Christ, salvation for this generation. Well, let's get right to it. Get your Bibles. There's a lot to read because God has a lot to say to us. Directly from the Word of God, you're listening to That's the Truth. Hallelujah. Someone can say hallelujah. hallelujah. Our sister was singing all day long. And there's another song that we sing. It says, all the days of my life. We sing, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah, praise God. I'm thankful all the days of my life. Praise God. Because since the last time we saw each other, it's been a good life. Amen. It's been a good week. It's been a good month. Praise God. We'll pray for a couple of families that have suffered loss here on this earth. But we're praying. Amen. For the noseworthies, for the... For the Coffin family and uh, wherever wherever they may be based, based in Winnipeg, amen. For my sister Torville down east in central Newfoundland as well, hallelujah. We're believing and praying for them. But besides that, praise God. God is a God of increase. God is, hallelujah, a God right now. As the Bible says that he is worthy of our praise, of your praise. Amen. Bring it home and say my praise. Amen. I've got a reason to pray. I don't know what you come to do, but I've come to glorify the Lord. Amen. I've come to clap my hands. I've come to dance my dance. I've come to testify my testimony. I've come to preach my preaching. Praise God. To glorify. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, so let's lift him up, for it is the power of God unto salvation. So I thank God today, praise God, that we can be found in a position, the reason, on the organs, the stringed instruments, where we can create an atmosphere, where we can create this ambience which is um, conducive of praise. Praise God. Not just to be sit back as if we're watching a movie with a bucket of popcorn and a soda drink in our hands or pop drink or whatever it is. And, and just sitting there. And, and we're not spectators. Amen. I thank God. We're involved. Praise God. We're doers. Uh, but we're not just li listeners. We're not just hearers. We're not just wandering. Amen. We read last week what happens to the wanderers. Praise God. We're doing something. We're serving God. Hallelujah. You sent your offerings in this week. If you haven't, well, time to do it now. You're testifying. You're, uh, uh, you're a witness, you've read your Bibles, you've fasted, you've prayed. What else? Praise God. I mean, the list is long. Now, as I said, we have organs, we have the stringed instruments that allow us a, a, um, a that, or, or that help us, let's say, get, get into, uh, get up off our feet. Praise God. That's how it starts. You can't dance sitting down. Maybe, maybe you'd stamp your feet. Praise God. Get your feet moving. If your lips are moving, if you're singing, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Words that are familiar. Amen. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my very soul cries out, hallelujah. Praise God. I thank God. 
Amen. That with that free, the Bible talks about the freedom and where the Spirit of the Lord is. The Bible also talks about worshipers, true worshipers, not just people because the lights are blinking and because there's they're surrounded by dozens and hundreds and thousands of people just moving and all the flesh is moving with blinking lights and screens flashing. I was speaking to a brother this week from a different country, and he's saying, oh, he says, every church I go to, the lights flash and they blink, and, and I, there's nothing wrong with them physically. It's not that, you know, it's not throwing off his, uh, what happens when the lights flash and there's people, um, yeah, seizures. It's not like he's getting, no, no, he's not having a seizure. He's my age. He was raised under the tent. He was raised with organs, and he was raised with the singing of voices, singing unto God. We didn't have lights flashing. When the lights flashed, there was a problem. Amen. Any of you remember the tent days? Amen. When you were under the tent, Martin, you were under the tent. As, as, when the lights flashed, there was a problem. Amen. We had to figure out the electricity, the connection, the generator, not enough gas. Today, they made the lights flash purposely. You're in the dark and the lights are flashing and it, it just go, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And I heard one, one, he calls himself a minister of God. And he says, take your shoes off. And then he said, take your shoots off, shoes off and spin around. And then he started singing some worldly song about, I won't even say the words because... Anyways, and this was inside a church. I'm saying, is this what the people have to go by? No wonder God is short. Amen. I, I'm concerned about your soul. Yes, if you're involved in places like this, yeah, I'm concerned about your soul. But you know what? I'm more concerned about God because he is worthy to be praised, not to be just like half, 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 half or, or or noise that he will not inhabit. You see, the Bible says that God will inhabit the praises of his people. Jesus says, my sheep, I know who they are. They are the sheep of my pastor. Praise God. We know who he is. No other voice shall we follow. This is the Lord, which is my shepherd. I shall not want. Praise God. So when you see the Bible and we read, I'm going to read it first, the scripture. I read it on the French side a couple hours ago in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 21, as we get ready to continue our worship. It says that this is God speaking, the Lord speaking. He said, this people have I formed for myself. Someone say, for God. Amen. So it's not who scored a bunch of goals. Or, um, is hockey still on? No, right? Middle of July. Um, no, my sister goes, I don't know. Amen. Good answer. Uh, um, well, the baseball, home runs. It's not who scored a bunch of home runs. Last. No, no, no. The people have I formed for myself, God is looking for a people unto himself. Well, you think, is God really like that? Yes, he is. He can't stand, and he will not stand to be around other gods, other pictures, and other images. God is God, and there is none other beside him. And as far as God's people are concerned, who are a separate people, a royal priesthood, a generation that has been chosen, called out, sought out, and separated. Amen. Get back to Isaiah. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. Are you, amen, have you been formed by God? Amen, created, hallelujah, shaped by God. Amen, in the hands of the potter, praise God, in a place where we can just let, say God, say God, shape me, make me, mold me, form me. Hallelujah, praise God. Make me who I should be by your spirit, in your presence, by your word, by your will. Praise God. Maybe, may it go against the grain of this world. May it go against who's sitting in the cabinet, who's sitting, or who's sitting in the Senate. 
But I thank God today, praise God, if we find ourselves within the will of God, this is what makes all the difference, praise God. This is what makes the difference before, and then God gets what he deserves because the Bible says he is worthy. That means he deserves, amen, your praise. Can someone say hallelujah? Can someone say thank you, Jesus? Can someone say bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me? Hallelujah. We've got to be have a have a mind that is well God said have your mind stayed upon me he gives us a promise he says my peace I will give thee praise God so our, like I said our mind is not trying to find some other reason or some other cause we have a cause and it's the cross praise God where blood was shed for my sin well, I'm getting ready to pray so I'm going to exhort and edify until all your hands are up at home. If you're standing, stand with me. Praise God. We're, I am talking about what took place on Calvary. Blood which was shed for the remission of our sins. A redeemer which was sent from the throne of the universe came unto his own, his own creation. Refused what he had to give. And yet God's gift was eternal life. I thank God today, praise God. Amen. For that gift which you and I have received. For that gift, praise God, which we, you can't find it in this world. You're not going to get it at Macy's and you're not going to order it online. This comes directly from God through his son, Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him shall be saved. Shall not perish but shall be saved. Praise God. I thank God today, Lord. As we give you thanks. Amen. The organs played a little. The organ played. Our sister sang. My brother played on the strings. And, I, and at home, we were clapping and singing and what, whatever we were doing just to create an atmosphere, Lord, I trust by faith. It was being done. As children of God, we certainly know what to do. But especially reading it, I reinforce this now in the hearts and minds of everyone listening. This is my prayer. As we read, praise God, you have formed us unto you for yourself, and we shall show forth thy praise. Jesus is his name, and we lift him up. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is the revelation which Peter received from on high. And I thank God today. I am not ashamed. I'm not afraid. Thank God today there's no limit. There's nothing, nothing uh, hindering us, praise God, to announce, praise God, the gospel of Christ, to publish it as we read it in the French, praise God, to make it known, to shout it on the rooftops, that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's not Muhammad. It's not Buddha. It's not anybody else that came and made some claims. It's not on copper plates. This is written upon the fleshly tables of my heart. Praise God. This was not found lost in the woods somewhere under a vision. This came. Praise God. This was your manifestation in the flesh as you walked amongst us. Praise God. To make a way for us out of sin. When we were yet sinners, when we were yet in our trespasses, this is why we glorify you today. This is why the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I thank God because we're not burdened down, amen. We're not shackled. We're not bound with the things of this world, with the spirits of darkness. We're not 
entangled uh, again with the yoke of bondage. Praise God. We're not entangled. We are free. The truth we have known, the truth we have heard. His name is Jesus Christ, and it is the truth that set us free today. Praise God. And I thank God for it. We have freedom to serve you. We have fr freedom to praise you. We have freedom to serve you, to give our offerings. We have freedom to give our tithes. We have freedom to testify. Praise God. Our tongues are not tied. Our tongue, praise God, can move, and we can uplift. We can use words of spirit and of life to bring light into this world. It is a world of darkness, but I thank God we do have hope. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. The hope which lieth in Christ in you is the hope of glory, and I thank God we do have hope for this world. We do have deliverance for this world. It is all in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank God today for this understanding that within everyone within the sound of my voice today that this understanding that we can have and that we do have because of your word praise God we're not short amen there's no famine we've come into your storehouse and there's meat hallelujah Lord I thank God today praise God we have to eat today praise God the flesh and the blood of Jesus Christ Lord I thank God for that blessing Praise God that is there for us. Every word which proceedeth out of the mouth of God, Lord. As we get ready to open our Bibles, as we get ready to receive the word of God, I pray that eyes will be open to see, ears will be open to hear, and our hearts will be open to receive. Praise God. I pray for families that uh, mentioned their names already, Lord. I pray for peace and comfort by your Holy Ghost and by your Spirit in their lives, Lord. In the name of Jesus, praise God. And I pray for our sisters, amen, a double portion, two sisters that have life growing in them. Praise God. It's not, amen, it's a child is what it is. Whatever name science want to call it, they can do it. Go ahead and call it what they want. One's a baby boy and one's a baby girl. It's, it's life, it's children, Lord, and I pray. Hallelujah for the sanctification and for the health, praise God, of those mothers as to be in Jesus' name. Praise God. Lord, whatever else, amen, our flesh that is ailing us, we got problems. Amen. Some, some people have problems in the sole of their feet. Some people have problems in their eye. Amen. So, and whatever's in between. Amen. Congestions and colds and drippy noses and all these symptoms. Here we are in the middle of July. But the onslaught of the, of the devil is there. But listen, in the name of Jesus Christ, by his stripes, be healed now in Jesus' name. If you need to take some oil and anoint your foot, anoint your eye, anoint your sinuses, uh, the heart so that pumps blood, so the blood is flowing, your kidneys, your pancreas, your liver, your whatever else there is. I'm no doctor, but I know who can heal. It's the, amen. God, the creator, the maker, praise God, the healer, Jesus Christ. Uh, and right now, praise God, again, I say unto thee, be healed in Jesus' name. Whatever it is, muscles that don't work properly, muscles that tingle, muscles that don't want to work, in Jesus' Jesus name be healed praise God hallelujah I thank God for that blessing praise God which belongs in all of us as we get ready to receive the Word of God Lord I thank God we're gonna be able to sit down with peace in our souls peace in our bodies to receive praise God nothing gets in the way right now I rebuke devils uh, I rebuke spirits of sickness spirits of uh, of, of that is contrary spirits that that just want to stop the blessing of God in Jesus name I thank God that we have power praise God to resist the devil and to see him flee in Jesus name praise God prayed for some folks last week and they are doing better pray for 100% the 100 fold praise God multiplication of health that belongs in their bodies I don't it doesn't matter what it is amen it doesn't matter if it's 20th, 2019, if it's COVID, if it's disease,
disease of this century or if it's the disease that's been lurking for years and years and years, in Jesus' name, you're defeated. And I thank God, praise God, every poison, whatever weapon, that nothing prospers in Jesus' name, praise God, amen. But the word of God, hallelujah, which is words of spirit and life, death, Amen. You're cursed right now. You were defeated 2,000 years ago when Jesus came out of the grave. You no longer had power. Amen. And I thank God today. Praise God. I defeat. Hallelujah. Praise God. In Jesus' name. I defeat whatever is working against me. Praise God. In the name of Jesus, you're defeated. Hallelujah. Death and the workings of death. Defeated in Jesus' name. Praise God. Be made whole in Jesus' name, I pray. Praise God. Let it be done right now as I declare these things in the name of Jesus. Praise God. I thank God it is being done in the life of my brothers and my sisters in Jesus' name. Unto you I give you all the glory as we present our request. If we need work, better hours, an increase in pay. What We need strength to execute our jobs, our contracts, Lord. I thank God for it. Praise God, which belongs Hallelujah to the saints of God that are serving you. Praise God. As you multiply our service, our givings increase. Praise God. And as you multiply our increase, we increase our increase. This is the faith that we have. Praise God. We can testify more. We can read more. We can fast more. We can give more. We can, I thank God, praise God, so that more will be saved. Praise God. Laborers. As we look at the laborers, not the harvest that is lacking, it's the laborers. And I claim laborers in Jesus' name. Now, as we get ready to receive the message, which you have, which you put upon my heart today, which you have for us, thank God for the, my French brothers and sisters that received it. We're ready to press on, praise God, amen, for the prize. Lord, I thank God that this message will be uh, uh, encouraging and strengthening and uplifting to my brothers and sisters. Lord, as I speak forth the word, I pray that it comes forth uh, off the tip of my tongue in excellence, praise God, as we uplift you your word, the Holy Ghost in me, the anointing, praise God, from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. It comes out of my mouth into this microphone, into the ears of everyone listening now. In Jesus' name, praise God. As we open up our Bibles, we are about to be blessed. Praise God to receive the word of God. Ears that are open to hear, eyes that are open to see, hearts that are open to perceive and receive, Lord. I thank God we're not cursed, we are blessed. In Jesus' name, praise God. I pray that this mind and this heart will be upon all my brothers and sisters as our mind has stayed upon you. You've given us peace, peace which doesn't come from this world, peace which transcends, amen. It's way above, it just, it just doesn't exist. But through Jesus Christ who came to make that peace, and we have peace because Jesus Christ did not come in vain. Lord, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, praise God. Anoint the message as we open up our word to receive from you. I thank God for this opportunity once again to sow the seed, praise God, into good ground. Hallelujah. We're good seed and good ground will produce good root, and the good root will produce good fruit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Keep your hands up. If you agree with what I've said, all the saints of God, everyone says, amen. Thank God for your healing. Thank God for your deliverance. Thank God for your salvation. Thank God for the word of God, which is in your hands today. Praise God. Hallelujah.
Praise his holy name. Praise God. Some of you have been battling things in your flesh for a little too long. Amen. My sister Lucy, praise God. Amen. Muscles begin to be restored right now. My cousin Thomas, restore those muscles in his arm and his leg right now. In Jesus' name. These are children of God and servants of God that ought to be serving you. Amen. We're not, we're not, we're not stuck or, or uh, reduced to, um, or confined is the word I'm looking for. We're not confined to what, where the devil wants to confine us. We're free in Jesus' name. Praise God. Free to serve you. Praise God. Free to lift you up. Free to give you, praise God, all the praise and all the glory. And to continue, praise God. Hallelujah. To glorify you today and others. Praise God. Whoever, amen, is lacking in their flesh right now, in Jesus' name, praise God. I pray for them. Hallelujah. Keep your hands up. Serve God with the blessing. Praise God. In Jesus' name, that belongs to you right now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. All the days of my life, praise God. I'll forever praise you, Jesus. He has done so much for me, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. If your hands are up, say thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Say, I will bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Amen. As our sister and our brother is playing, I will never cease to praise you. Praise God. So praise him now. Amen. Don't stop because I said amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. One more time before you sit down, or as you sit down, you can share this link so others can join us if they've missed the prayer. Well, They'll have to listen to it in repeat mode if they've missed the anointed singing and the playing. Well, amen. You can rewind this. Praise God. But right now, we're praising God. Amen. I will never cease to praise him. Praise God. So give God that praise and give God that glory. Hallelujah. Find a place that's comfortable. Praise God. Amen. With the word of God, I insist once again that you have a Bible in your hands. Praise God, because we've got a lot to read. I have. I've got a lot to read today because God has a lot to say. There's a lot in this word. Praise God. So I will never cease to praise him. Praise God. Hallelujah. One more time. Amen. So people can get themselves situated. Praise God. In a position to receive. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. One last time, amen. He has done so much. Someone say for me. He has done so much for me. Cease to praise him. He has done so much for me. reminded in the French service what time it was, and I even came out, I probably came out, what, 20 minutes earlier? We started the broadcast 
just lost track of time. We just started early. And then at 4.30, which was 30 minutes, well, I guess we started. I, I've been out here for 20 minutes or so, but 4.30, I was reminded, you need to get ready. You need to switch back in English and hallelujah. So here I am. Amen. Ready to have my strength renewed as just like the eagles. Praise God. So for the next hour and then some, we'll get into the Word of God where life is for you and I. Praise God. Are you glad for that? Praise God. We can find out where the will of God is. I'm trying to think. It's at least a month ago, if not longer, where we read, we're reading in Hebrews in the volume of the book, talking about the will of God. And this means we need to read. Talking to you, talking to me. We need to have this book open and with eyes to see, we need to read. And not just as a reader or as a hearer or as I read or my sister is going to help post some comments, post some verses rather in the comment section and we just you know, go through them and yeah. Pull a little card out of the bread box and that's our promise of the day. I don't know if they still have those with all the electronics, but when I was a kid, that's, I remember... I remember the churches getting those, or my parents had them as well. And um, breakfast would be served, and your breakfast, you know, your your toast with your peanut butter and honey would be getting cold. And my mom would say, "Oh, we got we got we got to open the bread box," and she'd open the little box and pull the card, and there'd be a, a psalm or a proverb or something to read, which is which is good. But we live by every word. Someone say every word. It's not just the crumbs. Amen. Sister didn't mind crumbs. It brought deliverance to her daughter. But we need to live by every word. So it's important that the word of God be emphasized. Praise God. So, and, we, and we're giving out the word of God today. Or rather this week, it's, uh, a, a teenager wrote and said, I saw the advertisement uh, in French. Because there is a shortage of the word of God in this nation, we actually, we actually buy advertising. We pay to advertise um, not to come to church, we advertise saying, if you don't have a Bible, contact us, we give you a Bible, it's free. And there's people, a teenager wrote uh, or called us this week and said, can I get a Bible? So we're sending him a Bible and, and, uh, and we're stocking up in Bibles too. We're, bought, we're finding suppliers of the King James Bible and we're buying dozens and dozens of Bible to have them in stock because the day they pull the plug, I'm not prophesying, but just kind of reiterating what is already written in the Word and in prophecy, as prophecy, that is prophetic to speak. Amen. But I'm not anxious, so I'm not prophesying saying it comes. But we just need to be ready. Praise God. I know what the devil's strategy is. Praise. And that allows me to be prepared. Praise God. Bring it down just like a hair, just a shade, the volume. Amen. This allows you and I to be prepared Knowing, we know what he looks like, we know what he smells like, we can see him coming. And we can feel him. If, you're, if you walk in the spirit, you can feel that. 
Amen. And I don't mean feel in the flesh because we don't walk by feelings. We don't walk by sight. But spiritually, in your spirit, you can feel the disturbance. You can feel it. Praise God. I know people who are more sensitive. Some, some of you maybe don't, are not aware of that, but I know people are sensitive when just somebody comes in the room and, and, the, and we have terms, it's, it's, it's like it's a bad vibe or, or you know, the, their karma or their aura. You know, there's, there's terms that, that are carnal and such, but in the spirit. So our weapons are not carnal, carnal rather. They are spiritual. They're mighty, praise God, to the pulling down of these strongholds. So, when we have the Word of God as sword and shield, amen, we looked at this a while back. I won't repeat Ephesians 6 if you need to know. If you have the, the Word of God as sword and shield, you're, 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 you're well-equipped. Praise God. Don't forget the helmet, the breastplate. Have your loins girt and make sure you got what you, what you need to have on your shoes. Have your feet, your feet girt, uh, shod, amen, in the preparation of the gospel of peace. Praise God. God has equipped us and given us and provided. There's a good word to use. God has provided what we need. Praise God. And you're going to find out more. The more you read, the more you find out that God has provided. Amen. See, we, when, when we didn't read, we just heard, oh, yeah, there's something. Yeah, even the Catholics know that, you know, there's a bearded man on a cross somewhere, and they call it a crucifix. That's about the extent. But then when they begin to read, and you find out, the sacrifice, what it cost, what it took, you find out about God. God is not just the force of nature sitting up somewhere, an excuse for the insurance company not to pay your coverage when the winds blow or if the earth quaked or if the floods flooded. Oh, well, it's an act of nature. You know, if you read the fine print, you weren't really covered for that. Hey, that's not God. Amen. God's not some mean person who's in a bad mood and all of a sudden the waves or the winds howl or something like this. Read the scriptures and you'll know, amen, why God is God. You'll know who God is and you'll know why God does what God does. Amen. God does what he does because he is God in the volume of the book. Amen. It is written. Hallelujah. And this is what Jesus Christ came when they were wondering what he was all about. Well, it is written. You tell me you know Moses. You tell me you like Moses, but you don't know who I am. You can't, you do not recognize. This is Jesus talking. You do not recognize who I am. Yet Moses spoke of me. Yet David spoke of me. Amen. But they were, we looked at this and, and we're going to continue this thought. They were they were using the, the, uh, their scrolls in, in their days. Now we have tablets and we have books and paper and ink. But in those, those days, they were using their scrolls as, as excuses. And we looked at this last week. They were using their scrolls uh, to, to go against what God was providing for them. And I thank God today that this is not a book of excuses. This is a book. And I'm going to hold up my King James Bible once again. This is a book of examples. Praise God. Amen. We looked at, and just at the sake of revision, we're going to continue. I think this is part five. Out of condemnation into justification. And last week I mentioned that we were speaking of... Um, as far as my subtitle was concerned, I'm going to reinforce this. If you, if you have your Bibles, you can open up your Bibles in Acts chapter 13. But last week, uh, as a subtitle, I had found in him, 
And I mentioned, we're not going to get through all the verses, and I want to get into by him, so it's not only in him, in Christ Jesus, but by him, if you were listening on the French side, the translation doesn't allow me to, to take it to that level, but we have in him, and we have by him, speaking of Jesus Christ. So we're going to look at that. We're going to go Acts 13, which I believe we read last week. We're just going to, going to read it as we, uh, just before we jump in a little deeper to uh, what I'm looking at, because... As I was mentioning, this is not, these are our examples unto our admonition, which means our, our, our uh, instruction, if you would, uh, a little bit um, deeper or more like an increase on the word as a rebuke, instruction with some weight behind it. I mean, this is what, to be admonished uh, to the point where you may be, may be scolded. So if I sit here and holler for the next hour, well, I'm, I'm, it's, it's admonition time. I'm admonishing. Amen. It is instruction because this is what it is, is what we have from God. And if uh, through the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the authority, which I, 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 I picture Paul when he wrote, I beseech you, brethren, I beseech you, I beg of you, I beseech you, brethren. By the mercies of God. Uh, I don't know how you can get any more beseechy than that, if that's a word. Amen? I don't know. Can you beseech? But the mercies of God. I mean, what, what is greater? What's more important than the mercies of God? Amen? I've said before, the seven most powerful words that you can put together and combine in a sentence in the English language is, God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. God, show me your mercy. Seven words, God be merciful unto me, a sinner. Seven very powerful words to use. Amen. The mercy of God. And I thank God today that when we open up the word of God, we find out about mercy. We find out great. The John gave us a blessing. He says, I would, brethren, that you grow in the grace. Someone say grace. And in the knowledge, someone say knowledge, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, amen. John also blessed us in his epistles near the end of your Bibles. You can read in his epistles where John says, he says, I would that you prosper as your soul prospers. He said, I would that you prosper in health. So I thank God, amen, what... What the Spirit has to say unto the church this afternoon, it's, it's good for my soul, but it's also healthy. It's good for my health. Praise God. Amen. I mentioned to the French people, I says, sometimes I said, now that I'm 60, I know what it, you know, to wake up, and it's like you need some grease. You wake up, it's kind of stiff, and makes these squeaky noises, and trying to stretch out. And whatever, and say, well, that doesn't sound spiritual. Well, it is. If I use King James, uh, King James words instead of gr grease on the joints, it calls it the oil of anointing. It gave us the example as it was poured on Aaron's head and ran down his beard and ran down upon the breastplate. Amen. The oil of, of, of which we receive from God, and this is an exchange. Amen. This is how good God is. If you remember what I, as I was exhorting last week, if you don't, amen, go back and listen to the teaching. Praise God from last week where I was exhorting saying, you come in and, you, and you're, you're, you're sad and you're sorrowful and you get rid of that and you receive the oil of joy. You come in and you are mourning or you're, you're, you're looking for, the, the, and the, your sorrow is replaced with joy. You come in, we, all you got, you know, the best you can show up with is a bunch of ashes. And the Bible says, God is saying, I'll take your ashes and I'll give you beauty in, ex in exchange. This is how good God is. Praise God. 
Amen. Whatever your sacrifice is, praise God. When David wanted to buy some real estate, his servant said, oh, no, David, I'm not going to charge you for this. And David said, David, uh, 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 uh. amen, if I'm going to take this land, he says, I'm not going to give anything unto God that's not going to be a sacrifice unto me. I'm not going to profit off your benefit. I'm not going to profit off your goodness and then turn to God and say, hey, well, God bless me. Amen. David knew and understood what was required of him and, and was willing to make that sacrifice and to serve God, praise God, with the best that he was able to come up with, praise God. And, we, we, and so I emphasize again the reading, which is important, praise God. So last week I mentioned, saying if this continues, we're going to leave the subtitle of, of um, in him or found in him, find my place, number five, and I'm going to add to the, uh, to, to the same general title, From Condemnation to Justification, and that subtitle is By Him. Before we read, I want to read one verse of Scripture in Acts chapter 13. Rather, before we read or get into the new text, I want to, I want to read Acts chapter 13. So get your Bibles, get your Bibles, get your Bibles. Open up the Word of God. Share this link so that others can be blessed. Acts Turn to the middle of your New Testament somewhere. The book of Acts. That wasn't even in my mind. It came up in French, but I don't, I don't know if I would have said that in English, but my wife was saying, you said something very offensive. They don't do that anymore. I'm saying, well, they did it to me when I was born. She says, they don't slap your behinds anymore. Well, I got slapped. He says, hey, well, now I'm going to start. Now it's going to come in English. I mentioned this afternoon. It's, I don't know what led me to that point, but... When I was coming out of my mother's womb, the doctor slapped me on the behind and I started hollering, and another sinner came into this world. There we go. May as well start the preaching. And I remember my French, my brothers, they were just sitting there going, what? And I said, hey, I'm not saying anything about, I'm not talking about myself. I wasn't talking about, I didn't point the finger at anybody. I says, the way Lincoln came into this world, that's what happened. He came out, he was healthy, yelling, and slapped him on the, they hold you up upside down. I don't know, slap you on the behind. I was there, but I don't remember. And a doctor says, hey, it's a baby boy. And I says, scripturally speaking, another sinner came into this world. Because that's how we all entered in. My Lord, I thank God, amen, for a newness of life. And this has been teaching on this for the past month. If you miss this teaching, it's worth your while to go back and listen. Even, even this week, the preaching from last week, I listened to it, I think, three times this week in English. And uh, even the third time, I said, did I say that? Where'd that come from? Holy Ghost. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Amen. That leads us and guides us into all truth. Praise God. So it's good. The, the Word of God keeps us out of trouble. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know if you have, even as I said, another sinner has come into this world, but thank God for Jesus Christ who makes a difference. Praise God. And one verse which I read last week, well, I'll read two verses since they're in front of me. In Acts chapter 13, verse 38, be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, and uh, women and sisters, that through this, excuse me, that through this man, Jesus Christ, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. No Jesus, no forgiveness. Hallelujah. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. And by him, there's my subtitle. As I mentioned, if we got a, we ran out of time last week, and by him, someone say, by Jesus. Praise God. By him, all that believe 
are justified from all things. We're talking about justification. And it says, all that believe. It doesn't say all. It says, all that believe. So this is conditional. Hallelujah. Heaven, someone say, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. And because of Jesus Christ, well, the conditions, they, they don't hinder us. They become doable. Amen. God's commandments, God's ordinances, they, 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 they enable us. Amen. They're like enabling. I'm trying to put a term on it because people don't like the word commandments. Don't tell me what to do. Amen. That's how the flesh responds. Amen. That's how my, my wife will say, take the garbage out. Don't tell me what to do. Hey, you know, that's, that's how the flesh responds. And then all the way down the driveway, and I got 155 feet of driveway telling me what to do. She'll tell Tom, stop that. I don't, that, that's how the flesh responds. And then we get into the Bible, and God says, you know, here comes the commandments of God. Oh, man, but God's not. And we have, we try to interpret or try to rearrange, you know, what God should look like or what we think he looks like. So it's not, it's, but God, look at God's commandments as be as God. God enabling you to do what thus saith the Lord. If God says he wants you to do it, do you think it's possible or impossible? Do you think God's wasting his breath? Amen. Even when you get to the tough stuff, the strong, you read the last verse in Matthew chapter 5. Be holy for your Father in heaven is, and people, that can't be done. Well, then what's God just shooting off words off the top of his, off the top of his head that don't make any sense, that won't line up, that's just a waste of your time, my time, and his time? The devil is a liar. When you look at God's words and his commandments, what he's given us, it enables, if God says, I can walk this way, you know what? I can walk this way. Hallelujah. Amen. This is what was in Peter's mind. Didn't last very long, but Peter's sitting there saying, if that's Jesus walking on water, I can walk on water too. As long as he had his eyes on his Savior, he was, his feet were above water. His feet were treading, praise God. Hallelujah. What you and I have never done, and I don't know if we ever will do it. Hey, hallelujah. Praise God. The others stayed behind. Well, Peter sank, Peter sank, Peter sank. Peter got out of the boat. Amen. That's how that teaching, when you read that passage, that's what should be preached. Amen. Not on Peter sinking. Peter got out of the boat. I wouldn't have. I don't know about you, but. Amen. I'd be wearing two safety jackets. What do they call those things? Is that what they are? Amen. That's how much trust or confidence. We need, if God says, hallelujah, whatever, when you read the Bible, whatever we read, whatever we see that God is saying unto you and I, have in mind, or have the mind, have in mind, have the mind, read it with the approach saying, if God said I can do it, I can do it. Amen. Don't believe, amen, doubts. Don't believe what's going to defeat you. Believe what thus saith the Lord. God is faithful and true to his word. Hallelujah. When God says that, this is the way walk in it, this is the way I'm going to walk in that way. Amen. Even if you have the doubters and the naysayers saying, nah, not you, born on the wrong side of tracks. Not you, not from the family you come from, not with the education you got, not from the country. There's always the naysayers. There's always the doubters. There's always those who oppose, who are contrary to what we are receiving or what we should be receiving from God. Well, thus saith the Lord. 
This is what we're going to look at. I'm leading up. I'm laying a foundation to what we're going to read in a few minutes, where when they refuse the counsel of God, when they refuse the, to, do, to do what thus saith the Lord, or refuse to do what, to fulfill uh, based on the teachings of Jesus Christ, or John the Baptist is another example we're going to look at. All they did is they wanted to do the opposite. But the Bible says, when I read, I'm going to go back to Acts chapter 13, verse 39. It says, and by him, all that are believers are justified from all things, from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. So we know, the Bible teaches us when you read in the first, cha first chapter of John, that Moses received the law, and that's what God, God put it in his hands. And Jesus says, until the day of Moses... Rather, from the day of Moses until the day of John the Baptist, the law has been the law. The law has existed, and the law is kind of doing its thing. So we know the law is, was still around. The law stuck around up until that time. But then Jesus said, grace has come. Amen. Jesus said, the, 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 the mercy of God has showed up. Saying, well, I thought it says the kingdom of heaven. What do you think the kingdom of heaven is? What do you think the kingdom of God is? I mean, this is all, this encompasses the kingdom of God is. It's not just streets of gold. When you say kingdom of heaven, you say, oh yeah, streets of gold. Can't wait for that day. Streets of gold. But before, I mean, before we walk to streets of gold, thank God for his grace, thank God for his mercy. Otherwise, you'll never see a street paved with gold. Amen. You need the mercy of God, the grace of God to inherit that promise. And this starts today. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. It's what Jesus said. It's how Jesus inaugurated or Jesus brought in his teaching. His ministry began with these words. The first sermon, when you read the book of Matthew, the first official sermon that we have documented in our Bibles, Jesus said, repent. Amen. It's the first sermon. He didn't get up there and tell a joke, kind of break the ice. You know, a little bit of, you know, I don't know who could play some music, but, you know, a little soothing, you know, back some background music playing. And how they, amen. He got straight to the point, repent. I've come that you repent. John the Baptist had a sermon of repentance by baptism in water. Jesus came, amen, with the sermon of repentance by the shedding of blood. And I thank God there is no remission of sins. So Jesus shed his blood. We are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, not just washed in water. And I thank God when you look at these two men, the John the, the prophet, ushering in the, the, the last of the last days of the Old Testament, bringing in, able to point, able to identify in person and saying, behold the Lamb of God, he who comes to take away the sins of this world. That's the purpose. Amen. So is John the Baptist, did he say something wrong? Because if you sit in most of our religious institutions today, they, they don't teach that. They say sins, we're, we're stuck with it to the day we die. Born with it, can't get rid of it. After all, David did it. After all, Simon, look, look what Samson did too. Not, these are examples, not excuses. And if Jesus came to take away the sins of the world, what's he talking about? Mars? Venus? Some other place? He's talking about this world where you and I live in today. And I thank God that the work, that Jesus, the purpose that Jesus came was accomplished. And when God saw us in our sin, he saw us in our sin and he sent the Savior because he loved us so that we come out of our sin. Amen. Doesn't matter what whoever is saying what. Waiting for the flesh to come along and... 
You may as well forget. If you're going to wait after the flesh, you're going to die waiting after the flesh. The scripture, the, the theme, if you would, under the, under the general title of from condemnation to justification is Romans chapter 8 in the first verse. There is therefore now no condemnation when there is therefore N-O-W. Now, maybe somebody, if you don't mind, in the comment section, capital N, capital O, capital W. Now. Amen. And if you got some kind of programming, you know, tips under your sleeve, make it flash or blink it or whatever you, if it's possible. Just, I, I want to, I want you to receive in your heart, in your spirit, especially if this is the first time listening, re and read it with me. I'm quoting Romans chapter 8 in the first verse. There is, therefore, now, someone say now. No, more, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There is therefore now, amen, when? Now. What? No condemnation. A little bit of condemnation. No condemnation. Just a wee bit. No condemnation. Well, there's just some lingering. No, don't let it linger. You keep the leaven. The Bible says that the, the leaven, as small as the grain or the seed of leaven is, if, it's not really a seed, but it's, it works like, anyways, it will, it'll corrupt, it'll spread through the whole pile of dough. Is that what it is? Yeah, dough. That's what it is. Pastry. Dough. Whatever you use leaven for. Even the whole lump. It's the way it's described. The bread. You're trying to make bread. Bread out of dough, right? Dough? Dough. It says the leaven, that one little thing, it just spreads. So you got to get rid of it because we don't want it to spread. Amen. Anything that comes against, the Bible says, even that we cast down these imaginations, make sure that they're on their way out because it just spreads like a disease. I thank God today, man, once we have been made whole by the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses and that washes. I thank God, to, amen, it, it puts us into, the, into his pasture, puts us into God's pasture where the Lord is our shepherd, I shall not want. It makes us sheep. And I thank God today, sheep, we don't act like pigs or the sow, and we don't act like dogs either. Hallelujah. Amen. There's no going back. I'm not going back to where I came from. Praise God. Like I said, when the doctor gave me my first spanking, because I got a few more after that. But when the doctor gave me my first spanking, I guess that's not a, that's a, you're not supposed to say, oh yeah, we don't do those things today. Anyways, amen. A sinner came into this world, and I asked the question of my brothers and sisters when this came up, and it's going to come up now in English. Amen. Did, and I asked it to myself, a sinner, that's me talking about me, a sinner came into this world, and then I give myself the question, did I deserve a Savior? And so some, of, some of the my humble brothers and sisters, they were saying, no, we did not deserve a Savior. I said, that's, that's correct. I needed a Savior. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. I was in dire, I, 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 yes, I very much so needed. I wasn't really deserving of it. While we were yet in our sins and trespasses, when you read Ephesians chapter 2, we were still sinners, and 
God made a way for us to come out. He didn't wait for you to stop. We needed the way in order to stop. We needed Jesus in order to stop. And some people, they have the cart before the horse, and they say, well, I'll get to you, you know, I'll, 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 I'll come. I'm not ready yet. And they say, when I stop this, it's like you won't be able to stop. In fact, because I told a young man this once. He says, well, when I stop this, I said, you won't be able to stop. In fact, I, I don't want to be like the bad prophet or not, but I said, in fact, it's just you're going to be doing more things and it gets worse and worse while you try. You need Jesus in order to stop. Jesus comes first and then you stop. Jesus comes first, death is rebuked or death is defeated and life begins to take over. But you need Jesus Christ. This is what we're reading. By him, someone say by him. In Acts chapter 13, it says, be it known unto you therefore, I'm reading verse 38, men and brethren, women and my sisters, everyone listening, that through this man, say his name, amen, is preached unto you. The problem today, it's not being preached anymore. Amen. We need a preacher. And in order to preach, he needs to be sent. And, he needs, and the preacher needs to be sent and needs to preach that Jesus Christ and him crucified. Lord of lords, king of kings, this is what takes you out of sin. This is what takes you out of condemnation and puts us into a place where we are justified before God. See, the law, and we're going to read this. Turn a little further in your Bibles into the book of Galatians. I'm going to read from chapter 5. I'll give you the verse, but I have one thing to say before we get into Galatians chapter 5. Now, I'm going to get into some things as far as... Uh, or in particular, as far as the law is concerned. But I want you to remember one thing. We are not justified by the law, but that does not mean that the law is abolished. We don't do away with it. It's just our justification comes from Jesus Christ, by him. Remember what, was, what we read last week and what we're reading this week. I'm not justified by the law. I'm justified by Jesus Christ. So I no longer have the law or use the law to be justified. Otherwise, we talk about the law and we talk about, and, and, and I don't want to get into the specific details, but how much I fasted, how much I tithed, how much I gave, gave my, um, my alms, my almsgiving, how much I pray, uh, the way I dress or the way I look or the way I cut my hair or the way I speak or the way I... We have all these, there's 613 laws plus the 10 commandments. There's a lot that thou had to deal with. And when you read, when you read, when you get into the New Testament under the new covenant, all it did was condemn. All it did for the law of sin and death. When you read the second verse, I already quoted Romans 8 and the first verse. When I quote the second verse, for the law of the spirit of life, someone say life, through Christ Jesus has made me free, someone say free, from the law of sin and death. What Moses was handed was the law of sin and death. Jesus Christ needed to come, hallelujah, for the law of spirit and of life. So if you look to the law to be justified, well, you can but then you are without grace. Galatians chapter 5, verse 4. 
Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law. Were you trying to say that you can't be justified by the law? I know you can't. I know there's all kinds of people trying to justify themselves by the law. And they think they are. They look themselves in the mirror. They, oh, yeah. There I am. There I am. That's all me. We talk about, I talk about the mystery of the Godhead. I don't like using the word Trinity, but for this example, I will. Because the mystery of the Godhead, we talk about the Holy Trinity or the Heavenly Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Well, now I'm going to talk about the Trinity here on earth. There's an earthly Trinity. Someone well, show me that in the Bible. Yeah, I will. And it's not a very good Trinity. As we talk about the, the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, you stand in front of the mirror, you see another Trinity. Me, myself, and I. That's a bad trinity. That's a bad three people to say. If me, myself, and I are still alive, me, myself, and I need to die. We're in the book of Galatians. May as well quote Galatians chapter 2. Is it verse 19 or 20? For it is no longer I that liveth. No longer me that liveth. It's no longer myself that liveth. So there goes the, the, that earthly, ungodly, fleshly trio. The me, myself, and I problem. Like I said, it says here, if you justify yourself by the law, what happens? You're fallen from grace. Amen. So I'm not, I don't want to be justified or try to or seek justification by the law. Then what happens to grace? What happens to Jesus Christ? John gave us the vision when John says, I get smaller so Jesus Christ gets bigger. That's so you and I can understand it. If you read it in the King James, John says, I decrease so that my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he'll be on the increase. So the me, myself, and I get smaller. Me, myself, and I. Me, myself, and I. Till it's gone. So that it is no longer I that liveth, but it is Christ. Someone say Christ. The, the anointed one that lives in you and I. Praise God. Galatians 5 and the fourth verse. No effect. This is part of the first teaching, but I'm bringing this verse back because he says, whosoever of you are justified by the law. And I'm going to bring some examples. You want to stick to this? Good. I'm going to bring some examples. You're going to say, it, it just falls apart. Because in order to have or produce that justification in your life, Jesus, the gospel of repentance, gets pushed away. And I read it. It's plain. Justified, we are partakers of grace. Justified by him, justified by Christ Jesus. Amen. Galatians 5 and the fourth verse. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever are you are justified by the law. Well, I think this is the way things should go. Like I said, it's easy. I think I mentioned this last week. I said it's easy for you to get, or for one person to start uh, thinking, saying, let's, you know, and, and we have like Joseph Smith, oh, this, I wrote this on copper plates or whatever, and then, and then you find a second person, a third person, and by the time you got a half a dozen, you get your own religion going. And it's easy to have those be, oh, I agree with, you know, that's, the, that's what, uh, this is the way we should look like, or this is the way we should do or can't do, and, or don't wear or don't have. Uh, and, and there's all kinds, of, all kinds of elements that have creeped into our uh, society. I'm not, and I'm speaking about those who believe, or you know, Bible-toting, you know, Bible-believing, Bible-confessing people that have certain ways that 
to in they, that are are um, adhered to, or you conform in a certain way, and then it makes you into into a Baptist or into a Mormon or into a Jehovah and whatever name. Take the name on this church building and 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 throw that in the list because it all gets it is all the same thing in the eyes of God when you look at what somebody comes up with with an idea and they usually base it on some context or some scripture or something from the law and all of a sudden we're talking about uh, about the outlook or the ordinance or some kind of fleshly carnal aspect that's something that you can touch or something that you can that you can eat or smell or something that's on the table or should be under the table or off the table or something like this and we're talking about all that and we're not talking very much about Jesus Christ and him crucified this is what makes the difference and this is the difference that I'm trying to make, amen, so that we come out of this condemnation where we're, where we're beating ourselves over the head, if, if not physically, but in a, in a, um, in, in just in, as, an, as a sample of, of, you know, afflicting our spirit and, and be, where the devil can use something in order to bring us under bondage or to keep us under bondage. Like I said, when I came into this world, a sinner was born, Amen. Doesn't matter who I think I am, 60 years down the road, a sinner was born. I've got to know who, I've got to know who I, who I am in the eyes of God. How God saw me. Amen. Mom and dad, they say, hey, it's a little boy. The next prime minister. Or whatever they Astronaut. There we go. Astronaut. Who wants to be a prime minister? Amen. That's how, but God had a plan, amen, whether you and I like that plan or not, we're just, if you're found in God's will, that's where you need to be. God had a plan for you, and here we are, serving God, in the eyes of God, based on his uh, plan that he has in your life, amen. See, we, we somehow... The verse again, and this can, this can come up, somebody can post in the comments where we said we, there's no place or we allow no place for the devil. And this is important because the devil always tries to get, and I'm going to start with this, a foothold. You know, just a little, if he can just get a little, one little thought, like I said, the leaven spreads. And leaven is not good. Spiritually speaking, leaven's not good. Leaven, good for the baker. Leaven, not good for my soul. Amen? So stick with me. The, le- the leaven spreads. So if the devil can get just that one little, that foothold, and the foothold becomes a stronghold because you can't get it out of your mind. Your mind's not stayed upon God. Your mind stayed upon that situation. Amen? Your mind stayed upon that, that the brother or the sister or, the, or, the, or whatever it is, the, the weapon that the devil will use to rise up against you. And there it is. It's destroying your peace. It's destroying your nerves. It's destroying your family. It's destroying your health. It's, it's total destruction because it comes from the devil. And the devil destroys. And the devil divides. Hallelujah. This is not what God has for you and I. Someone say Grace. Hallelujah. This is what Jesus came with. Moses came off the mountain, and he had some stone tablets in his hand. He had law. You can read this in the first chapter of John. But Jesus Christ came. Hallelujah. Salvation, mercy, grace. 
Praise God for you and I. Amen. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Someone can post that verse in the scripture. Moses came with the law. Uh, rather, verse of scripture in the comment section. I'll read. I think I read it last week. It's John chapter 1. Do you have that in your notes, sister? John 1. Seventeen. For the law was given by Moses, but grace, truth, I knew I was missing one. Grace and truth came by, say the name, Jesus Christ. By him. That's my subtitle. Galatians chapter 3. I know you're probably in John 1, but go back to Galatians and the second chapter. Saying, well, I'm hearing talk about this being justified. How do you get justified? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'll tell you what you got to do in order to get justified. Before we read it, I'll tell you the answer. Seek. Galatians 2, verse 17. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ... It's just like people will have, seek that when they seek to be justified by the law, then they look for, like when you stand before the judge, for, you're looking for a loophole in the law. And a lot of our church doctrine is based, if it was based on the law, it'd be all right, but a lot of it's based on loopholes. All right, well, look at that. Out of context and then, hey, man. God made the law, there, has to, there was a weakness, I may as well go to verse 3, Romans 8 verse 3, for what the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh, so the law has a weakness, Romans 8 and the third, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin of the flesh, amen, so we come out of condemnation, even if I just go by that third verse in Romans chapter 8, we come out of sin of the flesh. Because Jesus Christ came with grace. He came with truth. He came with mercy. He came to accomplish the will of God. And the condemnation, which is sin, the flesh, keeping us under the law, bound, bondage is another word. Jesus Christ came to set us free. Now listen, what happens when you're free? Justified. Seek. Someone say seek. I'm looking. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. And I quoted, I think, verse 19 or 20 in this chapter a few minutes ago. So we're in the, we're in the zone right now. So seek. If while we seek to be justified, people are wasting their time looking for a way out. Oh, well, look at this. Back here, and they find some half a verse or some scripture somewhere. Look at this, that one, and this one, and they start judging another man's servant. Instead of looking for a way out, why don't you spend, why don't you make use, make valuable use of your time looking for a way in? Hey, Amen. That's why I'm trying to get into the kingdom of God. 
Hallelujah, as I press toward the mark for the prize. So I'm gonna spend valuable time, amen, the asset of, you know, the time that I have, the valuable asset to have some time and to read, I'm gonna look and I'm gonna turn some pages, find some place to read, to apply, then to become a doer, looking for Christ and him crucified, working out my own salvation with fear and trembling. There's another verse we need to throw in. Instead of, and now I'm going to get into some examples. Luke chapter 10. The specific teachings of Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 10. Let's find out what the law does when it's in the wrong hands. As I said, we're not doing away with it. We're just not justified by it. What did I read in French? First Timothy. I'm going to read that one. Keep your fingers in Luke chapter 10. Probably the time to read the scripture that it was First Timothy chapter 1 and it was verse 5, right? Now the end of the commandment is charity. Someone say charity. Someone else say love. First Timothy chapter 1 and the fifth verse. Now the end of the commandment is charity. It doesn't mean the commandment ends. It means the result, the end result. What happens? The end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart, and of a good conscience, and of faith unfeigned. I'm going to read that a second time. Then we're going to read what happened to Jesus in Luke chapter 10. So read with me, everyone together. 1 Timothy 1, 5. Now the end of the commandment is charity. Out of a pure heart and out of and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Luke chapter 10, I'm going to begin reading from verse 25. I'll give you 10 seconds to find that. Share this link. Do we have time to continue? I can continue. Amen, or do we call it quits? Because this is interesting. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, when we read this passage in French, it was interesting because it was kind of very specific that he was using the law to tempt him. Here in English, we kind of have to go under the supposition or we kind of have to not use our imaginations, but we kind of have to take a little, little extra step saying, well, it's a lawyer, and what does a lawyer do? He quotes the law. He understands the law. He goes by the law. The French, the Louis Segon translation, it kind of made it easy. It said he's going to use the law to tempt him. So here in English, they got this lawyer, and how do you spell lawyer? L-A-W-Y-E-R, L-A-W. They got this lawyer because the lawyer knows the law. We're going to stump him. Well, let's go back in history a little bit when Jesus Christ, he's about 30, 31 right now. Let's go back when he was 12. Amen. The word of God that was coming out of that 12-year-old's mouth 
was astonishing whoever was listening or paying attention because he sat there and they marveled. They said, man, where's this? who's this? Where's he from? Remember what Jesus said he was doing? My father's business. Yeah, that's right, sister. Hallelujah. So when I read, when you quote, when you recite, and the devil comes around because the devil, the devil is the accuser of the brethren. The devil comes around and wants to condemn. Oh, well, look at you, y'all. Look at this. You're short. Amen. Begin to quote the scriptures like Jesus did and say, hey, you know what? You may as well go play in somebody else's playground because I'm doing my father's business. My father which art in heaven, thy will be done. Amen. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth. Amen. Praise God. So this lawyer comes up, not to edify. See, that's an issue. Like I said, if you're going to use Scripture looking for a loophole or a way out, that does not edify, that does not exhort, that does not uplift. Amen? It downlifts, if that's a word. If it's not, let's make it one. Because the Bible says we're supposed to uplift the brothers and the sisters. But when you stand there looking, amen, when you, when you stand there, the, the, I think in the description last night I wrote the fault finders. And I don't know if that's a word or if it, it probably should be hyphenated. When you have people, you know, that's all they care to find, then that, that's all they're going to find. So this lawyer shows up as a fault finder. He's showing up to tempt him. When the Bible says that Jesus Christ was tempted in all things, but he didn't fall for it. He didn't fall for any temptation. So it doesn't matter if it was temptation of the flesh or for his belly when he was starving in the wilderness or it doesn't matter what form, shape, or size, or color that the temptation, he didn't, and he's not going to fall for this temptation either. You're going to be tempted, not going to fall for it. Don't fall for your nonsense. Like I said, when you know the scriptures, you know your enemy, you know the devil, you can see him coming, you can smell him coming. Amen. Jesus, know, he knows the heart. So he says, but he's not giving him a hard time. This is what I appreciate of Jesus Christ. Amen. When somebody came to Jesus Christ and their arm was all twisted up, or the fellow laying, in, you know, laying in the, on the mattress and he hadn't walked for almost three dozen years, Jesus didn't start railing on him. Oh, don't you know what the law says? You must be a real bad sinner. Hey, lady, you've been bleeding for 12 years. You know, I wonder what, what, what did you do? Amen. Jesus, Jesus wasn't like that. He was moved. And this is why I'm going to bring this example that we have, that, or rather that Jesus is giving us, of how we are supposed to, um, and the word we're going to look for is compassion. Same word in French. It's the same word in English as I begin to read this a little later on in this passage. So read, please read with me Luke chapter 10. A lawyer stood up to tempt Jesus, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? What do you read in the law? So the lawyer answers, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, someone say all. Say it again. Say it a third time. Say it a fourth time. Amen. All thy heart, all thy soul, all thy strength, and all thy mind. And you're going to love your neighbor as thyself. So Jesus said unto him, 
thou hast answered right. And he says, this do. Like I said, we're not putting away the law. It's just our justification kind of changes sides. Jesus said, this do and thou shalt live. Someone say live. Someone say life. Someone, everybody say Jesus. Because that's life. What's his name? Now listen to verse 29. The lawyer, we're still, there's still, it's still, there's two people. There's the lawyer, there's Jesus. There's condemnation and there's justification. So the lawyer said, the lawyer, verse 29, Luke 10, the lawyer willing to justify himself. That's where the problem starts. That's where you get the, as I was saying, the, that earthly trio, the me, myself, and I in the picture. Time to get me, myself, and I out of the picture. So people don't see me, they see Jesus. So, so your neighbors don't see I, they see Jesus. So when you go to work tomorrow, they don't see myself, they see Jesus. But the lawyer, he's a lawyer, and the lawyer knows the law, and that's, until he encountered Jesus, that's all he knew, that's all he could go by. But today, in Luke chapter 10, verse 25, the lawyer and everybody else, anybody else listening, is going, they are meeting firsthand the gift of God, which is eternal life. Uh, amen. When you read John chapter 3 in the 16th verse, which I quote very, very often, we know it by heart. It's verse 17 that we do, that not very many of us know. But verse 17 says, And God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, or that the world by him, may be saved. So today... I'm, not ta I'm talking about condemnation, but I'm talking about leaving it behind, getting, ri getting rid, rid of condemnation so that we can be justified before God. And you can't justify yourself. I'm just letting that percolate for a while so it can sink down and infiltrate through your mind, your heart. You, you don't justify yourself. And you can't, and you don't use the law to justify. Someone say grace. Someone say by him. That's my subtitle, by Jesus Christ. Amen. Can I keep going? The lawyer willing to justify himself. The me, myself, and I. He says unto Jesus, who is my neighbor? I kind of picture his, his, his lawyer robes, you know, those white curly wigs that they wore back. And, Who's my neighbor? Jesus knows the heart of that mind. And Jesus, the teaching that we have, Jesus jumps into parable form. And he doesn't, he doesn't go far from home. He's not sitting there saying, well, let me tell you what happened in Russia. He's not saying, let me tell you what happened in, what's the other place? Ukraine. Let me tell you what happened, what's happening in the Ukraine. And Jesus says, let me tell you what's happening right here from Jericho on the, rather from Jerusalem on the way to Jericho. He says, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment. They wounded him, and then they departed. See, they left him for dead. leaving him half dead. Verse 31, Luke 10. 
And, and by chance, there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Under the law, the priest was prohibited. The law would prohibit him from mingling, from touching what is unclean. So he was able to not feel too bad, just cross the street and pretend like nothing happened. And the priest would walk wherever the priest was going by chance. Well, Lord willing, yeah, well, we know what the will of God is, that no man shall perish. So stop blaming God. Well, if God wants, I guess I wouldn't have lost my job. God, God would have held. No, it's not. Not the will of God that any of us shall perish. And that includes losing out. That includes being the tail because we're supposed to be the head. That includes being at the bottom of the barrel because we're supposed to be at the top of the barrel. Hey, Matt, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, allowing my vocabulary to slip into the vernacular, but the Bible says, the Bible claims who we are blessed as the children of God, as the receiving the inheritance, read Galatians chapter 3 of Abraham, I thank God by faith that we have justified him. And the reasons why we are who we are is because of Jesus Christ, and in him we are, we are a new vessel. Our outlook changes. What we touched is blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. So this priest comes by. Let me get back to the parable. The priest comes by, by chance. And likewise, which means likewise by chance, a Levite, when he was at the, at the place, he came and he looked on him. A Levite actually sees him. And he crosses the street. He says he passed on the other side. He just puts himself, oh no. Too bad. Thank God the story doesn't end there. Amen? But a certain Samaritan, and again, the Levite under the law, because the Levite, when you understand what the Leviticus, or the children, or the the bloodline of Levi. Can't touch that. Uh-oh. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, and bear in mind a Samaritan, the Samaritans did not receive, they're not under law. The Mosaic law was the Israelites, the Jews of Jerusalem, if you would. Samaritan, thank God. Thank God Someone say, thank God for the oil. Thank God for the wine. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, where the beat-up man was. And when he saw him, listen, he had compassion. Someone say compassion. Someone say love. Someone else say charity. He had compassion on him, the man that was beat up and left for dead or left half dead. And this, verse 34, and the Samaritan went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and he set him on his own beast, on his own mode of transportation, if you would. 
and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the morrow when he departed, the next day when he departed, he took out two pence. He took out some money. And he gave the two pence. He gave the money to the host, to the owner of that hotel, that inn. And he says, you take care of him. I got to leave. So take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendeth more, when I come again, I will repay thee. He had compassion. And it cost him. He was a Samaritan. Not under the law. It's a good thing. He may use the law for excuse. Well, you know. Can't defile my body. Whatever was in the heart and the mind of the Levite, but they didn't. Jesus, Jesus is about to ask the question, who do you think fulfilled the law? Who do you think kept the law? Who do you think was neighborly? Hey, man, you love your neighbor? You won't covet his wife? Or if you're a woman, you won't covet the neighbor, the man, or his children, or his possessions, or his livestock, or the donkey, his car sitting in the driveway. You love your neighbor, you won't lie against him. You love your neighbor, you won't kill him. Love your neighbor. You know, I've taught on this before, but just as a, as a general reminder, love your neighbor, you won't break any laws against him. Amen. That's not what justifies you. You love your neighbor because you have Christ in you. You have love in you. Compassion in you, which is Jesus Christ. You're not doing it for points because points doesn't get you in heaven. I said this last week. This is what we, I talked about the aspect of faith. You need faith for this because you can't show a certificate. You can't show up and say, well, here's Here's the amount of my donations, and here's the amount of my alms feeding the poor, or here's the amount of my tithes, or here's the amount of my first fruits. There's four different ways to offer God offerings, and there's your four different ways. You can't show up and say, well, this is how many hours I've fasted. Jesus said, you take the, the fumes. This is the vision I get. Jesus says, it's like you take the fumes of your, of your spices just to make sure that you get 10% and you can walk and say, I tithed all my salt and pepper. Amen. If somebody comes to my house, you give them the salt and pepper shaker and say, here's 90% because I made sure God got 10 This is who, this is the generation, we're going to get to this. This is the generation that Jesus was facing in his day, seeking the reward, or if you would, the recompense of their fellow man. And Jesus said, you'll get it. Amen. So it's like, you want to justify yourself by the law? Go right ahead. You're fallen from grace. You got law, don't need grace. Amen. This is what we, if you're just joining us as we read through the Galatians, kind of establish that fact. Now we're looking at the lawyer. Lawyer uses the law. And he comes to Jesus. Now, and here, as we finish reading, I've got two more verses. Then we're going to go back three pages, still in the book of Luke. But Jesus said in verse 36, I'm still in Luke 10. Which now of these thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? So Jesus is asking the question. And the answer that the lawyer gives him, 
He says, well, he that showed mercy on him. So it was the Samaritan or the man who was beaten up, his neighbor was, turned out to be the Samaritan. Not under law. Now listen to what Jesus said and underline. I got the second half of verse 37 completely underlined in my text. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. He didn't cancel anything. He says, love, your, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy might, with all thy, you know, with everything, all that's in within you, and love your neighbor too. And Jesus says, you need to go and do that. Now that's going to fulfill a lot of things that we need, as I, as I touched on a few things. Love your neighbor. You won't be lying. You won't be telling stories on them. You won't be gossiping. You won't be on that grapevine. Grapevine, is it? Grapevine? Spreading some rumors. Amen. The lawyer looking for a loophole was not given any God, amen. If, if you would use the expression, amen, Jesus, not, not God, Jesus slammed the book on, slammed the book shut. This is what has been written. This is what you need to be a doer of. Stop looking for a way out. Amen. Evil in this world always wants a way out. And this is what this world does. It destroys. Luke chapter 7. Turn back three pages. Luke 10, Luke 9, Luke 8, Luke 7. In my book, it's three pages. Luke chapter 7. I wonder, here comes. It's not so much another example. It's just a, it, it is another example. But again, it's Jesus Christ. And it's going to open our eyes. Because the evil that is in this world today always wants to go against. And this is sad to say when the spirit comes into the church. And this is what I'm trying to eliminate. This, this, this is teaching for God's people. I don't think I barely touched the sinner on the street. Except how Jesus reading through the parables and such may have. This is, inside, this is inside, judgment begins within the house of God. Where this leaven, this evil, demonic mindset, spirit, to defile the body of Christ, if you would, needs to come to an end. In order that compassion, love, will be displayed, will be able to produce instead of just a way out. Lazy way out. Making it difficult for people to see the love that God has. And then James says, you got something, something gone wrong between your brother and sister? He says, you go and ask for forgiveness. And when somebody asks you for forgiveness, Jesus said, you better forgive. If you want to be forgiven, I think we all established the fact that we needed to be forgiven. 
And Jesus said, if you want to be forgiven, you need to forgive their trespasses as they trespass against you in order that you be forgiven. Amen. So when we're looking for ways out and such, we're just establishing our own justification. Wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror, pat ourselves on the shoulder. A man's reward, a woman's reward. Like I said, it's easy to get somebody's approval here on this earth. Fairly simple. Society that we live in. But to stand before God and not receive the judgment of condemnation, we need to be justified, someone say, by him, by Christ. We need to receive this teaching, this understanding, the counsel of God as we read. We're in Luke chapter 7. Let's do some more reading. Verse 29. I'm going to jump in at verse 29. If you read this week during your, during your reading or such, you can read the entire chapter. It's all right, 1 through 28. Just set this up. But I'm going to, I'm going to jump in. Luke chapter 7, verse 29. And all the people that heard him, I underline those two words, heard him, heard Jesus. All the people and the publicans. It's just interesting how the publicans just kind of get listed here. All the people and the publicans. As if the publicans probably shouldn't be bothered, couldn't be bothered, wouldn't be bothered. I don't know, but the publicans. But because they heard him, listen, justify God being baptized with the baptism of John. I already mentioned him and that John came. His baptism was a baptism of repentance. But then blood was shed. Now we're washed in blood, not washed in water. But, uh-oh, here we go. Verse 30. But the Pharisees and the lawyers, ah, them guys again. Uh, we don't know, we're not given names here, but more than likely it's the same lawyer that we're reading in Luke 7, three chapters later. It's probably one of them lawyers that showed up and said, let's try and trick him with the law. But listen, listen, in verse 30, this is, this is like the pivotal, this is, where, this is where it gets interesting. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves. I'm going to read this again because I want this to sink in. Oh, it doesn't hurt anybody. Well, maybe it doesn't hurt anybody, but it hurts you. Luke chapter 7, verse 30. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves, being not baptized of John the Baptist. And they certainly weren't baptized of Jesus Christ either, because Jesus and the disciples, there was baptisms in their activities. Against themselves, they rejected the counsel of God against... I'm going to begin by telling you that God is not against you. God is for you. You make the decision. You want Lord, the, Jesus Christ in your life as Lord and Savior. You've got God on your side. It's not God working against you. Listen carefully. It's the devil that kills 
that robs, that destroys, and he'll use anything he can put his hands on to destroy your life, your soul, your health, your peace, whatever it is. If you give him any amount of space, Ephesians, the writer said, place, give no place to the devil. In French, it's translated, if you want to understand it, let me, tra- let me use the French translation. It's going to help you. It says, give the devil no access. Amen. Someone say, no access. Some of you, most of you know what I did for 20 years. And whether it be on Parliament Hill where it took three days of background checks and whatever for, for me to be able to work like just a few feet from our prime minister back then, I needed access. So they do a background check. And, give the, and I'll give you an, an example. That's one, ex, one of the examples, but I'll give you an example where my production room and my, my team, my employees, my staff, we're under the main auditorium where the businesses and the people coming in to see what, what the companies were. And I'm setting up gear. And um, so I show up. My hands are full. I've got whatever. I can't remember. Floor tom it was in a snare drum. And we were behind schedule. So usually the young guys, usually I paid guys to carry this stuff. But we were behind schedule. I'm showing up. And I had access. The pass that I'm given as head technician we call the AAA. I had access in all, all area. I had all area access. That's AAA access. But my access pass was covered up because I got a snare. You know, I'm carrying this equipment. So my, my pass or my badge that showed that I had access was covered up. And this, and this young guy, he stops me at the door. You can't go any further. And so for those of you who know me, I did apologize to him because that's when I lost it. I'm saying, hey, I said, take a look at my face and remember my face. Because from now on, when you see my face for the next three days, I have access. And the guy's doing his job. He's a student, probably volunteer. He's doing his job. And I thanked him afterwards. I said, you know what? You're doing a good job. You're going to keep the riffraff off the stage. But let me put down all this gear. And this is what got to me. I put down all this gear. Here's my pass. A-A-A. I said, I don't want you to look at my pass anymore. I want you to look at my face. He says, yeah. He said, I can. I said, can you do that? He said, yes. I said, because I'm going to be coming and going. And usually when I'm needed on stage, it's an emergency. I don't have time for this paperwork. And so, you see, you're doing your job and you're doing it very well. Accommodation, what's your name? And I shook his hand. I said, good for you. And I picked up the gear. And so we, 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 got, we, we, we entered into a relationship for the next three days. But I made it clear, saying, I don't look for the paper. I don't want to show you my badge. If it's on me, if it's down or around my neck. Or, and I didn't like it around my neck because... You get choked. When you're on your hands and knees around hardware, the, the lanyard chokes you, so I would wear it, you know, hanging out of my pocket or somewhere, but use my face. And I want, I'm saying this because the access that we have, when you read the access that we did not have until Jesus Christ came into the Holy of Holies, we have access today where 
it's, 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 that, that axis will fail if you're going to sit there and say, well, here's the law and here's a list of things that I did that I don't do, that I would do, that I should do, that I have been doing, and you come up with a long list of them. By the t- time has run out. God wants to see, and this is why I'm preaching Christ and him crucified, because his crucifixion, because of his crucifixion, blood was shed. And because of blood, when God sees blood, when God saw blood in the Old Testament, he passed over. But when God sees blood, the atonement of your sin and my sin, we have access into an area where sin will not get in. Amen? See, these men use the law to separate themselves, and that's what the law does. kind of just separates. Joseph was separated. He had his own private dining room. He couldn't eat at the table of the Egyptians because they ate against his law. And Joseph, being the man of God that he was, and the power that he had, he had, he just, he wouldn't, his food would not get mixed up with food which was considered by law unclean. This is how Joseph was able to keep the law. Or the privilege, if you want, the privilege that Joseph had to live the life. And they respected that. The Egyptians respected that for who he was and what he brought to the table. And when we, and this is why I want to read in Luke chapter 7, I'm going to begin reading, well, we begin reading verse 29. I'm going to continue reading. Now, the Pharisees and lawyers, they're not using what is at their disposal or what Moses had received to uh, further, if you would, or to benefit, or to be a benefit unto them, they're using it against. They're rejecting, or we already read how they've rejected the counsel of God. And this is what happens to them, or this is what happens with the fault finders. Verse 31, and the Lord, this is Jesus. Jesus said, oh, How can I liken, how can I compare this generation? I'll read it the way the King James wrote it. Whereunto then shall I liken the men of this generation and to what they are like? They are like, this is Jesus talking, Luke chapter 7, verse 32. They are like unto children, and remember the word children because it's going to repeat itself, so Keep in mind the word children. They are like unto children sitting in the marketplace, calling out one to another and saying, we have piped unto you, which means we have music, flutes or whatever, flutophones or whistles or whatever. They piped music. We have piped unto you and ye have not danced. We have mourned to you and ye have not wept. You want to know why? Because evil always does the opposite. They rejected the counsel of God. They're pushing away what you and I are receiving today. Evil does the opposite. Evil opposes. Evil is against. God says the children, and children are like that. They have no inhibitions. That's the word I was trying to use in French, but I couldn't find it. They have no inhibitions. If the music is up and pumping and there's a pulse and a beat and the children will start to move, you and I, well, we can't move because our hairdo might, you know, our wig might fall off or something. 
So, you know, tie might end up crooked if I was to, you know, dance or move around. But the children, so Jesus says, you got music and it's danceable music. That music should make you dance, but you don't dance. Why? Because you're always trying to be the opposite, opposing. Then Jesus says, well, we'll change the atmosphere over into a mourning atmosphere. You know, well, y'all don't want to dance? Well, let's mourn. Then we make it a mournful atmosphere and you don't mourn. You don't shed a tear. Jesus said, there's a problem. Because you're always, you're always opposing. You're always in a position that's against. So Jesus is speaking in general terms up until now. Now he gets specific. He says, I'll tell you about a man, verse 33, for John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine. And he said, he hath a devil. Okay. Well, now, and this is the description, this is the abstinence of the Nazarite. His hair wasn't cut by law, by the Nazarene law or the Nazarite law. He didn't touch what was fermented or alcohol, and this was his, this was his life. That's what he did. He's got a devil. Always against. Are you for sure? Yeah. Now, the next verse says, now the Son of Man, which is Jesus, the Son of Man came. He came eating. He came drinking. And you say, ah, he's a gluttonous man, a wine-bibber, friend of publicans and sinners. So the John the Baptist doesn't eat and doesn't drink. He's got a devil. Jesus comes with an exact, they're still both locked. They're keeping the law, but in different ways. Exact opposite ways of living, different lifestyles. What? Ah, he doesn't eat. He doesn't drink. Ah, full of devil. Strange guy. He likes grasshoppers. Or locusts, is it? He likes eating locusts. He has a devil. Opposing, opposite, evil, rejecting the counsel of God, rejecting the baptism of repentance. The best that could be done until blood was shed. So now Jesus says, well, that's all right. He doesn't eat, he doesn't drink, he's full of the devil. Now I come, I eat and I drink, and he's still, still something wrong with that picture too. Ah, uh, he's a friend of the sinner. We looked at this last week. When, when, when Zacchaeus climbs up the tree so he could see Jesus, and you know how that works both ways. I'm not sure if I touch on this, but remember, Zacchaeus, he climbs up the tree to see Jesus, and as he climbs up the tree to see Jesus, Jesus sees him. And a few minutes later, salvation enters into his house, Thank God, Zacchaeus, you know, had he been any one of, had he been me, I won't talk, I love you, brothers and sisters, I won't say anything about you. Had Zacchaeus been me, I'd have got home with my four foot five stature, saying, oh, my short mom and my short dad, my grandpa, it's all his fault. I can't see Jesus because I was born this way. I can't see Jesus because, you know, it's a hard old way, and here's me. He didn't blame his ancestors or blame somebody from drinking out of plastic straws. He climbed up the tree, he did what he had to do to see Jesus, and a few minutes later, he was blessed with salvation sinning right across the table from him. Jesus says, Jackie's come down and hurry up. I'm hungry. I want to go to your house and eat. Hallelujah. And then all them jealous people sitting around, doesn't Jesus know he's a sinner? Collects taxes, takes our money and sends it off to Rome. What's he doing there? Jesus should come to my house. I give more money. I got more alms. I got more hours of prayer and passing under my belt than he does. If you missed that teaching, go back to it. Right now, I'm in Luke chapter 10. And I'm, gonna, I'm getting ready to pray in a few minutes. 
because I think we need to pray. Jesus is talking, Luke, 10 verse, uh, Luke 7, verse 34. He says, the Son of Man is come eating and drinking. And you say, behold, a gluttonous man and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. You got music to dance? You won't dance. Then he says, we change, we put it, we change from a major key to a minor key, and it starts to get sorrowful. And where you should have a tear, you should shed a tear, you won't do that either. You're walking by, and it's not so hard to stop and pour in some oil and pour in some wine. Show some compassion, you won't do that either. You got the law on your side. Good for you. I've got Jesus on my side. That's how I'm going to get into heaven. Listen how Jesus, listen. Verse 35. He says, the wisdom, but rather, but wisdom is justified of all her children. Children comes. Let's get rid of these children. No, suffer these little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. So let's think about, let's meditate on the, the word children here for a while. The counsel of God was rejected by the lawyers and by the Pharisees. Verse 30, the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the counsel of God. They're not the children. They're rejecting the counsel of God, which is the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, God's advice, if you would, which is the Bible, the word of God, which we're reading. We'll say, well, yeah, but that's their loss. Yeah, but look what they did. They rejected the counsel of God. What did he do? They condemned John the Baptist. He's full of the devil. I want you to get this picture. I want you to understand this. Whatever their opinion was, whatever their opinion is, without the counsel of God or by rejecting the counsel of God, they condemned John. They said, he's got a devil. I'm trying to think if there's a worse way to condemn somebody. Well, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty low. Guy's got a devil. When it comes to condemnation, that's about as that's low. He doesn't eat, he doesn't drink. Guy's got a devil. So then along comes the son of man. He's eating, he's drinking, spending time with the sinners, spending time with the sick. Because that's what Jesus Christ came to do. And they condemned him. When we read, they had a whole lot of, they said, he's a gluttonous man, a wine-bibber. He's a friend of publicans and a friend of sinners. They condemned him. I'm sure they felt all super, you know, sanctimonious, hyped up, sanctified in their synagogue Saturday. Come, look at the law, says we. Not, not them guys. Judging another man's servant. Whose children are we today? I'm going to read one more verse before we... In the book of James, but I want, I just want, I'm going to, I'm going to, not that I'm going to repeat it, I'm going to say it a little differently. John the Baptist did not eat, did not drink. And he, re, and he was condemned by the lawyers and the Pharisees. The law, if you would. 
keepers of the law. Pharisees, nobody kept the law more than the Pharisees. Paul brought that up. He says, I was raised as a Pharisee of the Pharisee. There's the, as far as the righteousness of the law is concerned, there's no other group, there's no other sect that can do more things by the law than the Pharisees. So this is, this is who we're dealing with, the Pharisees, the lawyers. Didn't eat, didn't drink, full of the devil. Ate and drank, ah, friends of sinners, friends of puppies. They always, fault finders, always finding fault. Always got a problem. So when we go in, keep this in mind as we read James chapter 3. I'm going to close with this. James chapter 3, verse 13, he says, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Wisdom is justified. We're talking wisdom, we're talking knowledge. When Jesus said wisdom is justified of all her children. James writes, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation. And this is not only the way you talk. Conversation is an old King James Bible word for lifestyle, the way you live. Conversation is, is your life. It's an old English word for that. It's not just you're talking. Like you and I would converse with a conversation. Conversation in this, in this, when you read it in the King James, it means your life, of a good life, of a good lifestyle. So let him show out of a good conversation, his works with meekness of wisdom. Wisdom is justified of all her children. Meekness, when you go, when you combine Luke 7.35, James 3.13, who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you, let him show compassion. The oil and the wine, which will be used to soothe the wounds of your neighbor that's been incapacitated by the evil of this world, by the evils of this world, if you would. The world needs help. If you have no oil, if you have no wine, they will not be helped. If we try to find a way or a reason to stay away from them, then salvation will not be presented. The gospel of Christ, if you would, will not be announced, will not be presented. We need to evangelize by showing Jesus Christ. Amen. Who is a wise man? And endued with knowledge among you, let him show out of a good way of living, a good life, a good lifestyle, his works. If you're going to do the works of God, they're good works. If you missed the teaching, I think this is the week before last. So this is number five, number four, number three. I think we, looked, we spent some time looking at this and number two as well that there's going to be a manifestation of those that are justified by grace, justified through Jesus Christ unto grace. There's going to be a manifestation in our lives of good works. Good works, which are God's works, will glorify God, will further the kingdom of God. Amen. We're going to be showing off God and what he has given us the abilities to do and to say. 
and not ourselves because we're on the decrease. Amen? Amen? Lost some amens. Because we're on the decrease. And Jesus Christ is on the increase. Amen? That's why we need to be careful when I read in, when I opened up this teaching an hour and a half ago, I brought up, amen, we read through, we read through the book of Galatians where you seek to be justified the law, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. You're going to be fallen by grace. Fallen. You'll fall, fall from, uh, let me find the scripture. You're fall, yeah, that's right. You are fallen from grace. We don't want to fall from grace. We need, I'm going to pray in two minutes. I'm going to pray grace into your lives, into our lives. We can't fall from grace. Amen. In Galatians chapter 2, I didn't quote this verse. I quoted, it's no longer Christ that liveth in me. I think the verse prior to this, somebody can put it in the comment section for me. I appreciate it. Where Paul says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. Hallelujah. I think I'm quoting, am I quoting it right? Before, because I want to pray. I want to make sure that Galatians chapter 2, if I'm not mistaken... I'm going to close with this verse, since we're speaking of the grace of God. It's the last verse in Galatians chapter 2. He says, I'll read verse 20 because I quoted part of it. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And I do not frustrate the grace of God for if righteousness come from the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Christ is of no effect. We read that verse in chapter 5 in Galatians. Christ is of no effect if you seek to be justified by the law. In Christ there is therefore now, when, now, what? No condemnation. Praise God. Let's get ready to pray. If this is the life that you're after, you would like a new life or a change. You've been involved with doctrines or things that you do in the flesh to get some points, get some stars by your name in the Sunday school class and, st and stuff like that. It's, this is not what's going to get you to heaven. You need Jesus Christ. You need to be washed in his blood. So again, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies, mercies which God has given us through his son, Jesus Christ. Not going after the law for whatever the law could not do. The law is weak. It's going to fall short. But Jesus Christ, not weak. Jesus Christ, strong, powerful. It'll take, it, Jesus Christ takes sin out of your life. How much power does Jesus Christ have? Power over sin. Power over the devil. Power over disobedience. This is what I'm talking about today. The law couldn't give this to you, but Jesus Christ didn't come with Moses and the law. Jesus Christ came with grace. He came with truth. He came with mercy. He came, praise God, to give his life for you and I on, on the cross, on Calvary. If you want to accept Jesus Christ and receive him into your life today, you, you will receive that power. Power over sin. Power where it's no longer the flesh that's in control, but the spirit. Hallelujah. It's not sin that is in control. It's not sin. and shall no longer have dominion over your mortal body, but the spirit that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken, shall give you life. 
Hallelujah. And it's as simple as saying, God be merciful unto me, a sinner. I'm done with sin. I don't want the old way. I want the new way, a new life, which comes by Jesus Christ. Praise God. Accept that. Receive. As many as received him, to them he gave power. You want this power? It's yours. It doesn't come from religion. It doesn't come from, it doesn't come from a church. It comes from God. And that's how I'm going to pray. Father in heaven, today, right now, someone needs power. They're still dealing with tobacco, perversion, addictions, drugs, alcohol. Can't tell a story straight. They're diddling and daddling around with whatever's in this world and fiddling. They're losing their soul, but right now they're fed up with it. Beginning to realize that no matter what they do in the flesh, gets them nowhere. We need Jesus Christ. Praise God. And then the flesh gets, amen, comes under subjection. And I thank God today the grace of God will not be frustrated. We will not. The grace of God, praise God. I thank God this is what is needed in our lives today. Praise God. Thank God for those that have had it. We're working with the grace of God. We're not frustrating the grace of God. We're not making, uh, uh, another word for frustrate is, is making null, is making the grace of God null and void. This is what that word really means. We're not... We're not, we're not uh, doing away or eliminating the grace of We need grace, and I thank you for it, because here it is. It's in our lives. Praise God. Because of Jesus Christ, by him, as we've been reading past two, three weeks, by your son, Jesus Christ, praise God. In him, in Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray today that every one of us will be in him. In Jesus Christ. For if any man, if any woman be in Christ, they are a new creature. Old things are past. We're tired of the old things. We're tired of the old ways. We're tired of religion. We're tired of what this life has to offer. This earth, this life on earth has to offer, Lord. We're ready to take the life that Jesus Christ has come to give us. It's free. It's your gift. It's eternal life. Thank God for those accepting it today. My brothers and sisters and young people listening especially, praise God, knowing that whatever's in this world, we're not interested. Devil, you can, go, you can knock on our door till the day you get cast into the pit of hell. I'm not opening my door to your knocking, to your bidding, to your wiles, to your ruses, to your nothing. Amen. There's no place for you. You can go play somewhere else because I've got no place for God. I'm filled with the fullness of God. And this is my prayer for my brothers and sisters, that they be filled with the fullness of God, filled with every word which proceedeth out of your mouth, Lord. In Jesus' name, praise God. But there's no place, there's no room for the devil, for his angels, for his ways, for his thoughts, for sin and death. We're made free, and we're not going to be entangled with that yoke of bondage any longer. Thank God that Jesus came to make us free. Thank God that we can read this in your book, in your words. Praise God, knowing that it is truth, and the truth, this truth sets us free. I thank God today for this freedom which we have, praise God, which is given to us because Jesus came. Hallelujah. He came unto his own, his own received them not, but Lord, I'm here receiving. My sister is here receiving. My brother is here receiving Jesus Christ. Receiving life, receiving the way, receiving truth. Lord, I thank God, praise God. As we receive him, we receive power for the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God. It's your power unto salvation. And I thank God today for the past couple hours we were able to preach, exhort, edify one another. Praise God. Not discourage them. Not trip them up. Not make them feel bad. Make them feel glad so that we can serve you with gladness. Hallelujah. For the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. 
praise God, to give us something that we can grab a hold of, amen, that we can grab onto, and it's going to change our demeanor, praise God. It's going to change what, the way we look and the way we act and what we've got to say. It's going to change what we're thinking. Hallelujah. Praise God. In Jesus' name. We're going to have our minds stayed upon God, not on the situations, not on the, not on the obstacles that came against us uh, yesterday or yesteryear or yesterdecade, uh, 10 years ago, or however long we can go. I thank God we're going to look forward to what is before us, and we're not going to look b- backwards to what is behind us. Praise God. We're going to make progress uh, as we press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're not a dog making a U-turn and going back to whatever happened way back when. But I thank God today. Life changes. The newness of life. Praise God. Order the steps of of my good brother, my good sister in the Lord. Give them the direction which leadeth unto life, which is your son, Jesus Christ, who has come to set at liberty the captives. Praise God. Hallelujah. I thank God today. Whatever is keeping us, whatever stronghold there is, I break them down now in the name of Jesus. It's not nicotine. It's not alcohol. It's not perversion. It's not addiction. It's nothing that this world has to offer. There is nothing that cannot be broken, that cannot be destroyed. We are more than conquerors through him who strengthens us. I thank God today that we are given the commandment to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So I thank God today, praise God, that I command strength power in the lives of every single one of us listening today. Our families are blessed. Lord, I bless the families of my brothers and sisters. I bless their households. I bless their businesses. I bless their going in and their coming out. Praise God. The word of God which we have received today. Praise God. Hallelujah. The word which we have heard today because ears are open. We're blessed to hear. We're blessed to see. We're blessed to receive. And I thank God today it makes a difference in our life. Praise God. We're not going to question what happened yesterday. We're not questioning about where we came from. We're going to look at where we're going, and there's no questions, praise God, as far as Jesus Christ. We can see clearly. Praise God. Thank God the veil, hallelujah, was rent in two. We have access into a holy, into an area that is holy. Praise God. And I thank God because Jesus came. That access is there for my brothers and sisters. Praise God. And belongs to us children of wisdom. Praise God. I thank God. Amen. To be justified in all things, knowing this knowledge. Praise God, going about not rejecting your counsel, but receiving, receiving, receiving. My brother receives right now. My sister receives right now. Everyone listening to me right now is receiving by your spirit, receiving your counsel, your knowledge, and your wisdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you agree with what I just prayed, all the saints of God, everyone says, amen. If you ask, if this is the first time, And I trust it is. It may not be the first time you've listened to me, but perhaps it's the first time you're saying, okay, I give in, I give up. I'm on my way to hell, and I know that. If you've asked God for mercy, if you've asked God to be be forgiven of your sins, it's done. Fall in love with this word of God. Your life starts now. God has taken out that heart of, that stony heart. It's replaced with the heart of flesh. Your mind is renewed. The mind which was also in Jesus Christ is renewed. So there it is. Praise God. So, and as I said, you don't have to wait for it. It's in your life right now. Jesus Christ, that's how quick, amen. That's how quick the will of God will be done in your life. Just ask for it. God be merciful unto me, a sinner. If that was your prayer, if you allowed me to pray for you, let me know. If you have questions, you can 
you can write to me, people do, and I respond, amen, through the Bible, through the scriptures. This is the authority, this is the answer, is the Bible which is in my hands. Praise God, and this is what I, amen, this is what I use to lay upon the foundation, praise God. So whatever it is, amen, I thank you so much for listening to me, to, to us. Uh, well, well t- you listened to me today. You joined with us, my brothers and sisters who are around me, in front of me, and online as well. Thank you so much for your presence. I love you all. It means a lot to me. I appreciate this very much, and I thank God that the faith that is in me, we're falling in love with the Word of God more and more. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to read. We're going to listen, and more importantly, after reading, after listening, we're going to become doers. Praise God. Doers. We're going to show this world compassion. We're going to make a difference in this world. A little oil, a little wine, a little money out of our pocket because it costs, but that doesn't make any difference. If God be for us, who can be against us? The word of God is being established, and I thank God today that the will of God is being done on this earth today. Praise God. His will being done takes you, it takes me to do it, and I thank God that you're with me and you're by my side with your prayers, your fastings, your offerings, and with your presence today, listening to the word of God, ready to be sanctified meat for the master's use. Praise God. Be blessed. Until next time, my name is Lincoln. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Praise God, you're listening to That's the Truth. Praise God. Let's go about our Father's business. Our Father in heaven, our Father in heaven's business. Praise God. Let's be doers of the Word of God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. If you still hear me, give God a good hand, everybody. Praise God. Well, I trust the Word of God has blessed you today. God has given us a generous portion of our daily bread. All the glory be unto God. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Remember, you can see the video and audio files of this teaching on our YouTube channel, That's the Truth, as well as our Facebook page, Link with God. Please share these links with your friends and family so that they too can be blessed. This is how you can help me preach the gospel of Christ, salvation for this generation. Stay tuned. There's a lot more of the Word of God coming right up. My name is Lincoln, and you're listening to That's the Truth. That's the Truth.